0: Welcome to the Bad Coyote Funky Podcast,
1: a podcast that could have changed the world, but look at us, we've become a political liability and a joke.
2: Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the Bad Cody Funky issue number 43 podcast, Comic Book Club, talking about the Dark Knight Returns. On today's podcast, we have a very special guest from New York's TalkingAlternative.com, Secrets of the Sire, Michael Dolce. Mike, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Great. Also, on the cast for Bad Cody Funky, we've got Adam Bomb Amber. Kaboom. We've got Dave the Bearded Menace. Why are you trying to kill me? Booster Greg. (laughs) Harvey Dent, KB's... got KB's Casey. Batman, darling.
3: Nice, that was good. They that get good. better
2: every single time. Do <laughs> and I'm Sergio. Welcome,
3: guys. Issue number 43. Well now, now I feel weird that I didn't have some sort of catchy intro. <laughs> <laughs> Amber's the only one who really
1: has a catchy intro, and it's not even that great. Whoa. 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 Damn. Heart Come on.
2: I Amber, I enjoy
1: your intros. They're great. <laughs> Thank they bring you. me joy every week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so guys, this this week we got to uh, we got I say we got to. We all read The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. Um which is really being brought up because of the whole Batman v Superman uh, movie coming up in and the, and the fight, which is pretty much looks like, at least from the previews, kind of sort of maybe a little bit ripped right out of the pages of Frank Miller, just in terms of that costume. So I thought it would be a good idea for everyone to kind of dust off their copies or, you know, go up on the Internet and find a copy and really revisit or read for the first time uh, where the origin of you know, the definitive battle came from. Um, and for those of you who don't know,
2: I know... Serge, was this your first time reading it? This was my first time reading it. It's not my first time, like, knowing the story, but sure. reading it. And, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Absolutely so, amazing. I enjoyed it. So it's definitely one of those things. And it's actually a
0: super important part of comic book history, at least in terms of Batman, in my opinion, uh, because for those of you who don't know, this is what brought Batman back to gritty for a while. He was, I'm, I remember he was all purple gloves for a while, which I loved you. They had the gun. He was, you know, shutting windows on people's hands and all that old stuff. And then Adam West kind of popped up and kind of took it in a completely different direction, which was awesome for a while. But it, it, for me, it's always been that grounded grounding in, uh, in the gritty. And that's what Frank Miller brought back. And I never, I was looking into this on, on a little bit of research earlier today and I never put this together. Uh, but these, the dark Knight returns and the watchmen were released in the same year.
4: Yep. Which, which is makes spir- a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Like the tone on them is, is pretty awesome. and Very similar. Like Rorschach definitely has some Batman qualities to him. And there's a couple points where I was reading when I was rereading The Dark Knight Returns last week that I actually heard Rorschach's voice in my head for a couple lines, uh, which was kind of weird, but they're independent of
3: each other, though. They are totally independent. They uh, Alan Moore definitely was working independent. So to hear that is it's it's interesting. It's almost like listening to rock music in the early 90s or rap in the early 90s when you know, you just had this, you had people working independent of each other and feeding off each other, but they're, you know, one's in Seattle, one would be in like, uh, you know, like a New York band or something like that. So it's, it's interesting you kind of mentioned that because they are independent from each other, but probably the time period that they grew up in and and, and they're writing in and doing all this stuff, you know, might've kind of spilled over into each other.
0: Yeah. That kind of stuff is always, it's like almost like an osmosis kind of thing. Yeah. It's just so similar, but they're totally separated, but it's just like, damn. They and were definitely the same way you know, The
1: we The motivation behind both of them being created is sort of similar. It's about two comic book creators who are trying to acknowledge that they're getting older than the characters they read about when they were kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting foreword. Which I know, forward, I
1: know is certainly the case for Batman, and I'm pretty sure Alan Moore said it in a foreword for Watchmen, maybe. Also the
3: Cold War. <laughs> both were... Yes. Both were... Totally rooted in 1986 Cold War, things are gonna, and that's you gotta definitely recognize that in both those works because it's the sense of urgency that the world is going to end, and in a world of superheroes, that's an interesting concept. Mm. It's
5: also interesting that both uh, Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns have have so much to say for, for their eras. Like you were like you were just saying, there is this impending urgency, and and I did not expect The Dark Knight Returns to really have have as much to say as it, it did it had it had political <laughs> ideology it Reagan. had it yeah, had Reagan
1: had- <laughs> <laughs> he's like the definitive 80s president that's oh, not fifth term Nixon <laughs> right
4: right you can hear his like voice like also like when he's like speaking like oh hello uh, some good news or some bad news um, <laughs> <laughs> so they left Cordo Mortis but those Russians they're sore losers
5: <laughs> yeah
4: as he's in the,
0: the radiation suit, sorry guys, I'm all set. No,
5: and I mean even even just how how the pages were laid out, I I found that it was just so so radically different than anything I, I I've read. I mean, you had the the TV screen that were where you were interviewing people that had seen Batman or experienced a a a battle between one of the villains, and you have this going on at the same time. You have the actual event taking place on screen, and it, it gives you this, this sense of, of, of mystique to the, to the actions that, that are going on, where, whereas, where normally you would just see like, oh, you know, like Batman going around the city, you hear people talking about the legend, and it just gives more weight than you would have without that, that um, concurrent narrative.
0: And actually, a uh, fun fact about... Actually, I, I looked this up, too. I did a lot of the, just, like, Googling today. Uh, apparently, The Dark Knight Returns uh, and The uh, and Watchmen inspired the font Comic Sans. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that real? Yeah. That's that's what is on his on the Wikipedia page. So,
4: you're telling me
3: the Well, it's got to be that, true,
0: then. It's got to be true. It's on the internet. Yeah, it's, it's got to be true. <laughs> it's got to be true. So, you're telling me you the true.
4: typeface that us designers hate the most... Yep. It was inspired, from Watchmen and, and Batman. Piece of, <laughs> this beloved, these two beloved
1: comic books inspired. Wow, this terrible, God damn it, terrible. So, so Mike, I, I've got to know. Um, yep. I guess being the most senior member of this crew tonight, did mm-hmm. you read The Dark Knight when it came out?
3: <laughs> I uh, well, I, I got to my computer. I I used my walker to get. To my computer yeah. tonight. So <laughs> <laughs> This is actually like way past my bedtime. I'm just saying. It's good. No, it's good that he asked that I was actually dozing off from my medication. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> no. it's a good thing. No, I actually. Um, oh, God. So I grew up in the early 90s. So that was my junior high, was like 92. So I didn't start really reading, like, you know, real serious comics until around 92, 93. When so, the X Men were the biggest damn thing in the oh, of and that was the greatest rack. thing, and I drew all the Rob Liefeld cable, you know, big shoulder pads were on all my artwork. It was, it was fantastic <laughs> muscles that didn't exist. So yeah, that was my that was my upbringing was right around that time. So I actually caught wind of Dark Knight Returns um, right around I guess high school. So like ninety four, ninety five um, is when I first I actually started reading Sin City first, and then. You know, obviously you read Wizard Magazine and it's like you got to read Dark Knight Returns. It's one of the best. And you got to read Watchmen. It's it's one of the best. And they truly were two of the greatest books, you know, greatest comic books. And, Greg, you kind of mentioned it, it kind of brought Batman back. But this book plus Watchmen brought comics back um, and kicked off an entire – so we're talking an entire generation of comics um, were, were kind of like kickstarted because of these books. So um, – it goes just it goes beyond even just Batman when when uh, when talking about the impact that these that these particular graphic novels had. Um, and it's funny you read Sin City like Dame to Kill for and the original Sin City and Miller's artwork in that is kind of drastically different compared to Batman Dark Knight Returns. But Stark, you might say. It, yeah, well, yeah, because at that point now he's. He's like, well, I'm Frank Miller. I can just do whatever I want. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just lop a lot of black ink and a lot of white out, and 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 make a uh, make a comic. So it was interesting to kind of see it from uh, from a perspective of, of this is Frank Miller seven years later now, versus you know seven or eight or ten years later versus what he was doing here with with Klaus Janssen, uh doing the inks on top of it. But um, it was. Uh, it was just as impactful, you know, in the early '90s as it is today. So that's, you know, my impression of it, and, and, and it never changes. It's it's uh, it is definitely a timeless piece.
0: Absolutely, and the and the coloring on it was fantastic.
3: That's his wife. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it was. It was crazy. Like, it
4: better be good, well, right? Or else, or else there'd yeah. be conversations while reading it. Like table. um, like a lot of the first comics I started reading were, and it's probably no surprise anyone here, where it was uh, the heavy metal magazines. Um, hmm. So that's where I started, and I discovered everything else after the fact. And reading The Dark Knight Returns, um, the art style reminded me a lot of the art style I would see in the heavy metal magazines. Yeah. Because um, I guess they would share the same artist, but like just the gritty look behind it and the art style. And just just, let's just set the record straight, this is my first time ever reading anything about The Dark Knight Returns. I didn't even know what it was about until I read it. Like, wow. mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, it was just a complete just... That's why yesterday Greg like off chat I told him like dude I just finished reading it oh my god I'm shaking cuz yeah. I didn't know that was the comic where they fought I never knew that yeah. and I didn't well, I knew they always went at it but I always thought it was something that happened in the DC universe over and over I didn't know that was the beginning point so. They went
1: at it more in the sense where it's like in the Silver Age, it's like Batman and Superman here. Both you both have rifles now. Kill each other. <laughs> and the poor look on Batman's face when he knows he's gonna get shot and the bullet's gonna bounce right off of Superman. <laughs> well, it was like, you know like what
4: what was refi- what amazing about this was one the art style behind it I love the most because the art style really got to show the world Gotham was in or what type of like state Gotham was in. Like I felt like the art style really communicated that well that gotham is not what batman would have liked to have seen it become and it's not how he wanted to leave it he retired because he had to retire and
3: isn't that the ultimate older person isn't that the old ultimate i don't mean to cut you off but isn't that the most ultimate like older person interpretation of anything like like as i'm getting older i'm like i'm like oh nothing was as good as when i was a kid and meanwhile like you know batman's now like in his 50s in the book and he's like well Damn it, Gotham sucks now. These kids suck. <laughs> I have to, you know. He's basically just a curmudgeon-y old guy now. He's like, yeah. he's like everyone. And he's he's like what will be, you know. When we get the, that the second too.
1: issue is him just taking it to all the teenagers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he
3: exactly.
1: Get, he gets
3: his he gets his ass kicked
1: trying to trying to show a youngster he can still dish out a whooping. <laughs> That's right. Well, he he even <laughs> treats by a kid.
0: Well, he even treats uh, Carrie Kelly the same way too. Where he's just like, all right, sit here, don't touch. Anything. You touch anything you're fired and then he goes off and does his batman thing and then he comes back and he's anything. just like activate and nothing happens <laughs> and she's like oh yeah i reprogrammed everything because these things are <laughs> antiquated and i learned it in four seconds it was it was just great um but dave like especially with you reading this for the first time and and sergio as well you you must see now thinking back on the Dark Knight Rises. Thinking back on all these other Batman things that have really popped up, and now Batman v Superman, you must start really seeing these, like the, the inspiration taken out of this oh, this world.
2: Absolutely, it's, it, it's yeah. incredible to see the impact that it has. I mean, yeah, this is my first time reading it, and just going back, I'm like, oh, everything makes sense now. Like the the Nolan Batman. So for everyone who hasn't read this yet, I highly recommend it. And uh, you'll look back at the Nolan Batman, you'll see the current Batman v Superman, uh, and you'll know where all this lore comes from. And it's incredible to see uh, the the, the changes that happened from uh, the the Adam West Batman to what it is now. Like just how this was the turning point, and it what it made Batman what he is now. Even going back to the uh, uh, Bruce Tim
4: uh, '90s Batman, yeah, cartoon. Tim Burton. Oh sure, or even like Tim yeah. Burton also. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like I remember growing up on that cartoon in the '90s, and it was just—I was like, "What? What is a superhero?" You know, being a kid and, and just just loving Batman, and it was because of this. And now, like reading this, I'm like, "Wow, that's that's where that came from." It's very uh, it's very surreal. So yeah, and, t- even, and even even the uh, the the Tim Burton Batman.
3: Let me let me ask you guys a question too, because the, the funny part is though, even though we've all read it at different times in our lives, we never none of us have actually read it when it came out, which. You know, was the question that was brought up before. Mm. I always had this like mythic th- thing you know, thought of like, what is this this book? Oh, what is the Dark Knight Returns <laughs> like? And the lightning strike through through the figure. I mean, and it was it was parodied by like Cerebus, It was um, you know by Dave Sim, and it was parodied on like you know Marvel's What If uh, when I was a kid. So you know, I mean, it, it was something that, that had, covers everywhere. They're still yeah. doing it. There was oh, there an issue of
1: uh, of Old Man Logan. Just just recently on, by Bendis, that's got Wolverine jumping in front of a lightning bolt.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and, but it, so it's got this like mythic lore behind it, and I'm just curious if if it if it matched your guys' expectations well, or or, or, or what did you guys me, think? Yeah,
5: for me it was this was my first time reading Dark Knight Returns, and what? it's actually the second uh, Batman comic. I have ever read. That's exclusively about Batman. Hmm. So the the only other idea I have of the character, other than the TV show and movies, is the Long Halloween, which okay. takes place, you know, at an earlier point in Batman's life, and and, and it's also other than like you know the beginning of of uh, Two Face, you really see the detective side of Batman. However, this one, I actually never I didn't realize going into it. What I was what I was about to read, and that's because my trade has a different doesn't have the lightning bolt cover. It just no, has like no. a close up of Batman's um, like hood. <laughs> so I, I I went into this completely blind.
3: Are you sure you read <laughs> the right <laughs> book? Only I I feel like maybe <laughs> you know that would be kind of comical that you came in here and you're like yeah you remember that that part with the pony and the rainbows <laughs> you're like no. no you didn't read Dark Knight Returns I'm sorry no yeah. or <laughs> worried. you read like, Dark Knight. <laughs> Yeah, had, or she read the sequel?
4: Eyes.
3: Yeah, <laughs> strikes good. again. I was just gonna say. You guys
1: remember that that part where Batman cars up Lex Luthor's face like Zorro? <laughs> good, good times. No. no
5: well, um, so I actually had it, believe it or not, spoiled to me halfway through the trade when I was telling someone that I was uh, what I was reading, and they're like, "Oh, the one where uh, Batman fights Superman at the end." I was like, "Wait, that's this." <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. So, um, but I mean, going going into it blind, um, up until you know at that point, it was actually I was incredibly surprised how much more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, abstract the the art and layout just just was for the story. I mean, I didn't I didn't go into it with any preconceived notion that like oh this is the legendary book, you know? Yeah. So I was just sort of taking it at, at face value, and and yeah, it was just. I think the art. I don't want to say that the colors were were vibrant because they weren't. But I know we were talking about earlier how it's a very dark comic. But if you look well, at the it's, pages, it's The, the not coloring that.
1: Is, is watercolor, right?
5: Yeah, but because it's actually there's there's a lot of, of brightness to these pages, and it achieves that that bleak that bleak over like a bleak outlook on on Gotham. But it's it it looks abstract in a way that i can't quite describe and it almost made me wonder as i was reading this comic if if this was the, the world as like batman perceives it in his old age it's kind of this faded washed out ah, world yeah. Ooh. and hmm. and in just too and, and, and <laughs> conversation <laughs> 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 you, you realize
3: who you got, you're Basking talking it. to right i mean you're like <laughs> wow yeah you just took this to a different level <laughs> I need another one Holy cow! This is you know. That's what
4: Amber does. She uh she goes deep. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. She's very passionate.
4: Well, kind of you, going
0: off that too, Amber. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I felt like uh the Batman's cowl and like the the blue parts of his costume ended up getting darker and more desaturated the more the book went on. At least in the one that I was reading, where it was just well, like well, he first, does li-
1: he does literally change costume. Oh, does
0: your re- I must have just missed that.
1: Because, oh yeah, no, yeah. it's it's totally. He wears his old costume for the for the first yeah, two Yeah, that part. Issues, yeah, and then he and it totally changes by the third. Oh yeah, and okay. The, the art the art itself is also it it takes a very different tonal shift. There's way more detail and a yeah. much larger attempt to make it look like, um, the comics of the day in in the first couple of issues. Like as it goes on, there's just less and less like you know muscle. Detail and things like that. It's it's more simplistic and stylized, more trademark Miller as mm. he would come to be known. Yeah. But there's also least, that
5: difference between like the civilian world and Batman's world. Whenever oh, sure. whenever you see whenever you see him, it's always like this this like full page sp- spread. But whenever the these the civilian world, the the normal normal life that everyone lives, it's always like in this television screen, or um or just accompanying, accompanying his his adventures. So it really does kind of give this this larger than life image of of Batman that goes beyond beyond the world that everyone lives in and that comes up in the story where there's that line uh, he's 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 bigger than all of us. Mm.
0: And there's also like I love the insight that you get into Batman. Like he makes those so we're seeing it all from his point of view pretty much. Like he misses a punch and he's like stupid stupid and then something just happens that you know works out for him he goes oh that was lucky that was stupid. And that's like a common theme in this where he's just like I'm too slow I'm not strong enough I'm getting lucky and but everyone else is probably just like shitting themselves and just pissing all over themselves I'm like oh my god the Batman's gonna come get me and it looks like all <laughs> skill from their end but uh, Batman is just like out of he's out of his mind and not confident with what he's doing at first and I think it Yeah,
5: I I mean I think that the mutant leader he got to him that that you could oh, yeah. argue that's why he lost. Cuz oh, sure. I mean when he when he was on his game he was able to do what Batman does, plan. Yeah. And he wasn't doing that. He, he just spent so much time worrying whether he was doing it right that it, he lost.
0: Oh yeah. And it wasn't until the Superman fight where I think he really just regained, you know, who he is and why he's doing it and and his purpose and his confidence. No, I think it
5: would, I think it was a little before that. I, really? I don't know the exact moment. But, I mean, when, when he beats the uh, the leader in front of everyone, kind of yeah. when he realizes I'll, that I'll, he needs to be that symbol.
4: I'll agree with that. Like, the second time like he fought, like, the mutant leader and he beat him, that's when he started getting confident. Because first time he fights him, he's trying to go muscle for muscle. He's not being Batman.
3: Yeah. The second
4: time he fights him, he's like, no, this guy, I have to really think about it. I have to actually plan this. And that's why he fought him, like, in the mud and all that stuff. So, like, all his strength was, like – all the mutant leader's strength was, like, for nothing, gone. And that's where Batman's, like, true, like, tactical advantage, like, shined. And that's where, like, he started building that confidence and that's where he built the confidence to defeat Superman. How about that prototypical
3: uh, – I mean, this is like Frank Miller. But this is like Frank Miller before he's Frank Miller at his best because this is Frank Miller, in, like, in his prime. But sure. something tells me to stop with the leg. I don't listen to it as like the moon is just rising. This isn't a mud hole, it's, it's this an operating an, oh, table, man, room, and so I'm
1: the surgeon. And just don't Jesus. do it with the Christian
3: Bale voice. That's all that matters. If you, if you keep yeah. the Christian Bale voice out of it, but but well, that is I'm like
1: trying to, I'm trying to do Michael Ironside. I can't make it happen. Well, here, here's my
4: question. I ask you this. I'll ask you this, Mike. Because um, I, I, every time when I was reading the the comic, every time I would read as Batman or Bruce, I would hear. Um, Kevin Conroy. Thank you. I would hear Kevin Conroy's voice. Okay. And I would hear like the voices from, you know, the Batman I grew up with. So, when you read it, whose voice do you hear?
3: Uh, I don't. I. You know, it's funny. I don't hear any of the any of the movies or any of the cartoons. Um, I definitely read this before any of that. So, I hear what I think is is like, is Bruce Wayne. Like, I just hear it. It's just Bruce Wayne, and and it's and it's. Um,
1: the but, Batman voice you've heard ever since you were a kid,
3: right? Right, but not like Adam West either. Like I don't, I don't ever associate, and that's the beauty of comics, right? Like, it, it, somebody, some people are always like, "Well, you know, why are comics so great, and why do you like comics?" Like, I don't read novels. Like I just don't. Um, I'm trying to write them, but I don't read them. I just don't. I don't know something about it. Like I need, and, and movies are great, and I love movies, and I watch movies. But you know, comics can can give you the best of both worlds. It can give you this like visual experience. But at the same time, you can imagine what these people sound like and just you can almost you're filling in blanks of movement and motion and sound and everything like all in one. And that's why to me, like comics are king. Like so I don't hear I don't hear anybody's voice. I hear Bruce Wayne. I hear the voice that Frank Miller kind of set out to do. But then ironically enough, I I read I read certain lines and I and I see him kind of repeating that 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 trope, you know, down the line. With uh, his Sin City books, but um, but yeah, no, I, I just I just I don't know. I, I have a voice that just is created in my head, and that's what I hear.
0: I think that's what makes uh, animation so magical, though, especially in superheroes, because um, like for me, there's certain parts, like like Young Justice, is the comic that I when in high school I was reading, and
1: mm-hmm. when they
0: did the cartoon, and granted, not all the characters matched up right away, but Nolan North did like a real like almost a perfect Superboy, and actually that was what I heard in my head or close enough to it and when that happens it just kind of connects and i think a lot of us don't have that with batman because we all grew up on the 90s batman cartoon yeah. uh before we started reading i mean like so there was like uh, like the little kitty books that i had of batman and the uh, the audio tapes that went with them but it was like not adam west but like somewhere in between adam west and kevin Conroy.
1: It's like uh like George Lowe. Yeah. Sounds like Space Ghost. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um and I, I almost I envy that Mike that it's just well, like you have this Batman voice that's not I guess that's by s- any other
3: one else. That's the same as Optimus Prime though. I mean, Optimus Prime there's only one Optimus Prime voice and when that voice actor passed away. Yeah, when is I mean there's there's you're not there's not another Optimus Prime. So even if, even in the Transformers movie which looked nothing like the cartoons I grew up, you know, <laughs> oh enjoying. Mm. It's still Optimus Prime. Okay, okay, everything's okay. That's Optimus I like, Prime. I
1: like the Beast Wars guy. I'm like not gonna too. lie, yeah. Gary Chalk, he's the man. Yeah. No,
4: oh, it's all about primal. Peter Cullen, man. It's all about Peter <laughs> <laughs> Cullen.
3: But that's you know what it, it, it's that's say, yeah, like d- a it's like a baby blanket. It's like having that blue blanket. It's like okay, <laughs> is this Mike? Is this Transformers? Ah, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Make it ah, and the funny and thing about that is it yeah,
2: is but- that um, uh, Buff was doing a screening? Uh, he was doing. He's always doing all these weird indie things now. So he was doing something where he was in a movie theater and you can watch movies with him but not talk to him. And when it got, to, and he, he did movie. like a live stream of it and everything. And then when it got to Transformers, he was just sunk into the seat, hand on his face, just. <laughs> oh my god! Like with each movie that passed, he's just like, "Why did I do this?" And it was the funniest thing ever. He's a person.
5: <laughs> he, he can. He can. He can tell when <laughs> when something. Botched, but no. Yeah, going going off what you guys were saying about comics as as a medium. I mean, yeah, with with animation, you kind of have it all like like forced on you, like you would a movie. And with a book, the the writer can do as best they can to, to paint this world. But comics offer a completely unique com- um juxtaposition of visuals and and narrative. So so you can really imprint so much more of of yourself than uh than you could with a tv show but you also have you also give the writer the freedom that they have in a in a novel so and one thing that that is so unique with with comics is when you is, is the kind of messages you can encompass in in that in that kind of story and i i got a very political message a lot of the time from from this from this book and i i i really wasn't entirely sure at all times what he he was going for, but there was like a lot of lines where he where he said you know well, like um he was a good soldier when he was talking about Robin mm. before. Um, there is so much symbolism of of the chain of command as we know it failing to serve the people. Where you have like where you have the cops going against Batman who's trying to help them. You have that one panel where you have the president tracking it down to the next person down the line because it's not his problem. Then again, then again, then again, till it gets to the police commissioner of Gotham. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, oh, I guess it's on me to take on Batman. So you you get this this very I, I I don't know whether I would call it liberal or libertarian political statement. But what what do you guys think? The, um, like the answer
1: is conservative. If you know anything about Frank Miller, yeah, mm. very well,
0: staunchly so. Well, the way like I'm looking be- at it, it goes back to what Mike was saying too. Bruce Wayne Batman is a curmudgeonly old man, and he wants to just do one thing, and that's be Batman and turn back things to the way they used to be. And there's only one thing stopping him. And you know what that is? The goddamn government. That's like. The- <laughs> no, that's what oh I I mean, it is. That's oh, my the God. Thing. They you're literally right. send their like, right. top soldier, which is Superman at that point,
4: to go after him just to stop him, which is like fucking crazy. Like, what do they send after you? I was going to say the same thing. It's like, that just shows how much of a G Batman is where it's like, (laughs) he's just a man in a suit, you know, a cloth suit, mind you. And they send Superman, a man that they showed destroying an army, you know, to take on the Batman and, and not only they send Superman, they sent backup with Superman. They sent an army with Mm -hmm. Superman just in case. So it shows, like, Batman's a G. Like, they feared him that much where it's like, well, there's a chance Superman might lose. This is an army. And uh, if that fails, we can nuke the place. You know, it's just like, uh,
0: but, you know. But, but it's, all, it's all right because Batman had a one-armed archer with had his back.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so we we kind of talked about it offline but for the for the listeners out there too I mean just the context of this and Watchman was Cold War. So that's the first political context. This is obviously commentary on that time which uh thankfully we weren't a part of necessarily or we were yeah. too young or maybe not even born yet. Um, and that's you know that's kind of like direct commentary for that. So that's that's the first political message. The second political message though is kind of what we were talking about though. It's it's um you know, it, it's it's youth versus age, it's youth versus experience. It's also, you know, the interpretation that we've lost our way. And I mean, you could you could read you could read this book, and I'm going to throw V for Vendetta in there too because oh, yeah, I actually I had I had a very earth-shattering uh, revelation during the Bush era when I read the V for Vendetta during the 90s, and everything was great. Clinton office, awesome. Everything was great, and I read V for Vendetta, going, ah this isn't relevant anymore. There's never going to be dictators and tyrants and uh, people aren't going to be afraid and this and that. And then 9-11 happens and then Bush takes over and then all this other stuff happens and we go to war for no reason with a country that didn't attack us and you know all this other stuff. And it's like, oh, and they're using this to drum up fear. And all of a sudden I reread Viva Vendetta and I'm like blown away by how relevant it, it is. And mm-hmm. Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen will always be relevant Regardless of the fact that it took place during the Cold War, because it's still completely relevant and we're going to be touching upon these issues. You know, you could even argue we're touching upon these issues again today, but we're going to touch upon them again in 10 years and another 10 years. And then we're going to be curmudgeoning old men and women saying <laughs> we loved it back when we were a kid. And, boy, when we read Dark Knight Returns, the world wasn't, you know, didn't go to shit. Now it is. And, our, you know, our kids are going to be like, oh, I don't get it. And then they're going to read it ten years later. And they'll be like, oh, my God, I totally get it. And, boy, our world sucks. And, you know, it's, it's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, so funny. it's timeless.
5: Like, like you have, cause, and, and it does say something about, about our world you, where you have... uh like you, you, have them talking about these issues with, about with the politicians stirring up fear and trying to control the populace, and then like it happens again and again and again. Like these tactics don't change, right? And then you have a, a book like 1984, which is talking about surveillance, and then years later, oh, the NSA is a thing, and and these stories every once in a while come uh, come out that just have this this timeless message and, and really a warning uh, of what of what to look out for and when you and what you should think for yourself on. Yeah. And I think that's why they're so strong in in the long run. The funny thing but, about um, 19 just, The
3: funny thing about 1984 though is it you're right it's all about surveillance but I, George Orwell never saw reality television coming like just never did. <laughs> <laughs> just never did. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
5: <laughs> no, yeah, and um the one, the one thing you guys were saying earlier about about how, how Frank Miller is is very is very conservative. I I don't know if maybe if at this time he was even sure because you you have him painting this this world where where the government is just completely inept at at taking responsibility for for what they want to do. But then you have Batman who who is who is successfully fighting against it. He's he's this idea and he's able to take over the mutants. They're, they were they were wreaking havoc on the city. When he beats their leader publicly, they then turn to him. Well, not all of them, but many of them turn to him, and they become I think what was it the, the sons of Batman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he, ultimately, at the end of the story, he he is able to beat back the government. And 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 establish his own his own rule of of law, which is a very libertarian idea, which is like take away you know big government and then establish your own your own laws, very like Wild West, like the, the law of the town sort of sort of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I almost like opinion. there's a
1: reason he rides a horse in the last issue.
5: Yeah, almost <laughs> like there's some symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but then by the end of the story. The the big twist where he where he tricks Superman, but Superman is is for some reason okay with this when he realizes what's happened is is that he's faked his own death to retreat underground and and build an army. And once you build an army, then you become a government. So in my mind, this story is is in some ways a tragedy for for Batman's ideals. He kind of becomes the system. That, that he was trying to stop. He be, he he literally has an army. The same thing. He will thing. be. Yeah.
3: He will be the system yeah. eventually. It, it, it's inve- it's it's you can't stop that from happening. It's it's almost like when you form a company and you're like, ah, my company is going to be awesome. It's going to be loose. We're going to we're going to play pinball and we're going to you know put a skate ramp in and it's going to be so great. And then you realize like people are calling in sick too much. So you're like, well, I got to limit the sick days then yeah, because people bills. are calling in too much. Yeah. And oh. We need health insurance. Oh, but health insurance now costs money. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, if you're the if you're the creator of the company, you're like, damn these employees slacking off on my skate ramp constantly, and I need to be making money and I need to, you know, so you become But
5: then they're gonna blame me if only I could compartmentalize things more. Right,
3: right. And then you you end up, you know, creating systems and processes that already existed at companies you despise because yeah, one person
5: one person can't run an army you're gonna have a yeah. lot generals then you're going to have to have to allot regiments and then eventually before you know it you are a leader of a country or an army or a corporation or something
3: exactly hmm. exactly and
0: while we have this moment of silence it's a great segue to talk about the batman versus superman fight because i really want awesome that's what i've been
3: waiting for i was waiting for that i was like i was like i was gonna say it um, it?" while we do that
0: (laughs) something i noticed in the book is from the movie you remember the trailer jesse eisenberg does the whole like you know you call me psychotic that's a that's a word for like little minds or whatever big word Mm -hmm. for little minds that's in this book i don't know if you guys caught that
2: yeah i caught that it was awesome
5: Oh, I totally caught that. Was it, yeah. I don't think yeah, it was exactly
2: the same It wasn't it
0: exactly all. the same, but it's like shades
2: of that in there. It was and It was the same and thing, and they, did, like, they Hollywooded it to make yeah. it seem really cool. Like, hey, God, that looks through like so cool. <laughs> not, no, not, he's not. <laughs> just Yesenberg, not. And
5: they <laughs> yeah. do that a lot with the movies, I noticed. I think in, in The Man of Steel, they had that one line where it was like, they will fear you, uh, and, and it was like that very uplifting, but warnings from, from, from uh, Clark Kent's adopted father. Um, Maximus, and, yeah. Uncle Banks. Uncle, Uncle Banks. Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> he gives him, the, he gives him a, a, basically a great power, a great responsibility. Yeah. Skill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which isn't, isn't a thing with Superman since Superman's thing is more obligation. At yeah. A I was just yeah, like,
2: actually, okay, Hollywood, I see what you're doing, Zack Snyder, but you don't have to do that. It's like, they will fear you, but with and your and moment in the sun, changing. you will lead them and stuff and you'll be great. It's like, what? And yeah, it's
5: probably that. they don't save these lines for, for, for the book that they're, they're from. Because <laughs> once you say it in a movie, then everyone who sees it in, in, in context of the, right, of, of the correct uh, setting, if it is used then, will be like, oh, yeah, they're just reusing that line. It's I don't think it for th- everyone else. I don't
0: think they're going to get to this setting anytime in the future. I think they're borrowing aspects of this and other Batman works uh, in order to really kind of get the point across that this is the fight that you want. This is the headline. Every,
1: every time you see Batman armor up or slap on a kryptonite ring, that author is borrowing from this. Oh, absolutely. Like this is one of those. This is
0: one of those definitive fights, kind of like uh, Kingdom Come, uh, Captain Marvel versus Superman, um, kind of like that fateful time when Spider-Man's going after Green Goblin with Gwen Stacy. Like the these are these moments in comics that you always remember, no matter where they reappear you you see it and you're like oh i know and this is you know the the movie batman v superman dawn of justice is um is straight they're not even hiding it it's just like they put him in the armor like the same helmet it's the same fucking helmet right and it's great and it's even too like the same thing right like he's an older bruce wayne I remember reading, and again, I've seen. He's the an movie
3: older. Yet. Wait, wait. He's an older Ben Affleck. Let's. He's older Ben. Let's Affleck. Sure. Let's make sure we delineate that. Affleck. Is an Bat he's an, old, he's an older Ben Affleck.
0: Um, but yeah, it, it's just like, you know, he's an older Ben Affleck going after a standard-aged <laughs> Henry Cavill Superman.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Mike. I wanted to know your, your take on uh, <laughs> on the casting choice for uh, Batman v Superman with uh, Ben Affleck being casted. Like, well, what was what was your reaction when you saw that?
3: So it's funny, A, I wouldn't have done it, but but not for, like, the reasons that, oh, my God, it's Ben Affleck, uh, you know, he has done a complete 180 rehabbing his image, which is fantastic. Argo was an amazing movie. Oh, it was um, great. He actually, you know, he, he's actually, his career is, you could look at that and be like, you know what, I kind of admire this guy, like, this guy was like a joke in 2000. Was it 2006 with Geely or 2003? I forget what it was. <laughs> no, Geely. What? You mean the no. hit rom-com Geely? Oh, my God. No. I forgot I about the movie. I want to say it was 2000, I want to say two, something like 2004. It was some, somewhere in the mid-2000s where at that point Ben Affleck was just a total joke and it was like, oh, my God, like, it's got reindeer games and all these, like, terrible movies that he was in and you're like, holy cow. But he actually, you know, took it upon himself to kind of retreat from the, from the spotlight Get into directing, and then slowly kind of be like, hey, hey, I can still act, and you know. So I I don't look at it from a from a point of view of um, he's not good enough to to be Batman as an actor. Like that's not in the conversation anymore. That would have been in the conversation, you know, when he did Daredevil. It was like, oh my God, Ben Affleck as Daredevil is just horrible. Um, (laughs) But now it's more like, okay, I respect Ben Affleck as a as a creator. He's a top notch director. His acting is not bad. I still wouldn't have cast him though. I just, I still wouldn't have. I mean, it's still, it's still Ben Affleck, and I, and do, I don't. Do you have a dream, old Bruce Wayne? Uh, let me think about that. That's a good question. I, you know, I actually like it when they, when you have someone like a, like a Henry K, uh, is it Cavill or Cavill? I thought it was Cavill. I think
2: it's a uh, Cavill.
3: Cavill. I like it when you have an, a relative unknown, you know, step into it. I like when Brandon Routh was Superman because I, you know, he didn't have a, a, a pre you know, I did not have any preconceived notions for who Brandon Routh was was an actor. I can just, I can completely accept him as, you know, as Superman. Uh, so, in that regard, it was almost like, now, I, I, I mean, I wish George Lucas would have done this, but it was almost why I was originally happy that they didn't have Ryan, um, what's his name, Ryan Filippi be Anakin. Because I'm like, well, Ryan Filippi's been in a bunch of teen movies now, and he's like a teen movie guy, and I'll have like a, you know, then he ended up you know, putting Hayden Christensen in, which was god-awful, but, um, <laughs> but, but again, I was, you know, it was along that lines of thinking, like, don't give me someone who's established to play these, like, roles, I, I, I do want, I want to kind of discover them in these roles, so I don't initially have an ideal old Bruce Wayne as an actor, I, I definitely would have liked just to have seen... I don't know, kind of what they did with with Henry uh you know, Cavill. You know, just give me somebody that I don't have a, a preconceived notion with, especially someone like Ben Affleck. But
2: Yeah, and, and I agree with it too with uh uh having an unknown. Like look at um uh Aaron Taylor Johnson, the guy who played kick ass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I had no idea of his body of work. I don't I don't really think he did anything before that. And then he or, nailed or Quicksilver. it.
1: Quicksilver. We like him as Quicksilver. Well yeah, but before well, that.
2: Yeah. Was before that, yeah. <laughs> it was after. It was after Casey. All right. Keep up there, Quicksilver. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see. It. I didn't see it coming. Damn, that was quick. Good you job, oh, That's a good one. Got him All right. So
4: the tally is Greg. Uh, a
2: couple. Oh, wait minute.
4: Count and Casey. Okay. So I All wonder right, how man. long it'll be. I wonder how long it'll be now with like Ben Affleck being Batman. How long it'll be until they cast like um, Matt Damon as Robin? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh no. It would.
0: It would be like Matt Damon as like. Blue Beetle, Ted Court or something like that, like some. Because it's pull. gonna
4: happen, you know it's gonna happen. Like at It'll some point, he's gonna it. have like Matt Damon in there as like his buddy. I mean, and to be fair, you know, depending oh, on what they no. do, I can see Matt, Matt Damon
0: doing pretty good. Matt Damon as Tommy Elliot. Uh-huh. Hush.
1: hush, hush. Oh no! Uh-huh. Childhood <laughs> friends. Hush. Uh-huh. How do you like damn apples?
3: <laughs> I want, I want, uh, I want puppet Matt Damon from Team America. That's what Ooh. I want. <laughs> 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 Matt is the Let's go, Matt. Have Damon. him have him be
1: Scarface with with someone yeah. else's ventriloquist. <laughs> Terrible.
3: Speaking of Trey and Matt, is anybody watching South Park? I know to deviate completely. Has any, did anyone watch <laughs> South Park at all? Because we're talking about political um, things that that hold up over time. Team America still holds up. South Park oh still God. holds oh, yeah. up.
5: I'm a very passive viewer of South Park. If it's uh, on or someone is showing it to me, I'm very down to watch it. But I'm not. I don't. I never really go out to watch it. I've, I've
2: been keeping up with it. Uh, I don't know if the episode started back, but uh, like the latest season that I was watching was phenomenal with uh, the topics of gluten and everything that's been going on today. Like they know how to stay relevant and be hilarious. Absolutely hilarious.
3: I just showed my wife the, the an episode from 2004, which was like the election of Bush and Kerry. And, and that was like, I was in my, that was like, I was like 25. And that was like really like the most important election of your lives. And that's what they kind of say in there. And she just completely, um, you know, you could just, you could watch it today and be like, wow, they're, they could be talking about the election right now, you know, so Talking about, like, creators who are able to just continue that staying power of being relevant and... Uh, Timelessness. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that goes, you know, into it. But let's talk about the fight. Let's oh, fight. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> the boom. talk about the fight. <laughs> like, just, it just was crazy. a firefight. Picture, if you
1: will, ladies and gentlemen, Batman standing in the very alley his parents were killed 50 years ago. So good. A power armor suit. A cape draping over his shoulders plugged right into the heart of Gotham City's power. Superman looms overhead, helicopters behind him, missiles have just gone off in the air. Bam. Punches. And a sonic gun. What a start.
5: I was so surprised that the sonic gun even like worked on Superman. I wasn't aware that his senses could actually be used against him in that way, which was a really neat, neat use of... Uh planning on Batman's part.
4: That's why he's Batman. <laughs> I like that it was like a schoolyard brawl because it's like Batman's just in the yard with Robin, you know, and they're just, you know, horsing around literally. And all of a sudden it's just like, you know, he burns it into the gr- into the grass. Where? And it's like schoolyard brawl. And he's like, crime alley. <laughs> think about it. It's like that's what a, a schoolyard brawl will be. It's like the, the school bully comes up. Where's it going to be, man? And it's like behind the bleachers, man. You know, and it's just like, and then it, does, it just starts. And one of, the, one of the lines that really led into the battle when you knew shit was about to go down, when I knew shit was about to go down, was um, when the president and Superman are talking and Superman says he won't let me take him alive. As soon as I read that, it's like, oh, shit's about to go down. They're about to throw down, man. They're either going to like fight each other or fuck each other. Either way, it's going to be great to see. It was
3: 1986. They wouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> says you, you know. Nor- North Star wouldn't um, come out for a couple and of years. And the and the fight was, too, just bring It
2: was
0: Oliver it Queen, was groundbreaking. You know, bringing it was not background music of this, this universe. <laughs> a one-armed Oliver Queen who just like somehow still uses a bow and arrow. You know, yeah.
5: he's what? <laughs> I he's was like a so to like to Def Leppard drummer. Too. Like yeah. my only my <laughs> only real knowledge of Oliver Queen is is from Injustice. The little of the few appearance he has in '52 and Arrow. Arrow. So, yeah. this is a much more. Arrow
2: is back. not a real thing. That's not. Well, that's what, not what's
0: cool thing. about um, <laughs> just kind of going back way to the beginning just for a second um, in Legends of Tomorrow, they took a page out of The Dark Knight Returns and had Oliver Queen with one arm in the, in the crazy goatee and just older and embittered, uh, very much shades of, of what we had read, which is pretty cool. Like, you know, it, just borrows it just slightly, but those comic fans who are in the know would be like, "Ah, ah I see, I see what you did there." That's
1: great. That's <laughs> awesome. Arch- Archers in comics always get it bad in in alternate futures. Yeah, if they're not missing an arm; they're, they're blind, blind yeah. crippled. Green <laughs> Arrow to gets a- it bad and stuff like the nail. He's missing an arm. He's missing an eye. He's so in he a wheelchair. He's irony, missing right? teeth. He's crazy. <laughs> well,
3: because the creator's always like, "Why didn't you just use a fucking gun? Just use a gun. <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't be maimed right now. You'd be fine." They, like, they no one's Legolas, fit. come on.
5: They need, they need to take wind, <laughs> I guess, into consideration, and they need to keep <laughs> their arms strong, so they're more in tune with their with their natural self. I don't know.
3: Velocity, the, the, the distance between, you know, you using math, <laughs> no, yeah. No, just use a gun, just use a gun. It's <laughs> the art of the fight, it's not the fight. <laughs> yeah,
2: Mike, like, uh, what, what did you think of the fight when you first read it? Like, what Oh, was it was epic,
3: it was epic. And the thing is, too, you know, the thing that's – that's sad's not the right word because it's not sad, but it's just like I feel bad that there's so much – you guys have experienced so much media and so much more content over the last, like, 20 years, especially with the internet now where you can just basically read everything and see everything. Uh, you know, this was, like, one of the most epic battles, and there was nothing like this before. So – you know, now you guys, I think, I think, and you, can, you can tell me. Yeah, you can tell me, yeah. but, you know, seeing, so back in the 90s too, you know, having like the Marvel and DC crossover was like an epic event that never happened. And then it happened again. It's like, oh, awesome, we got it. And now you kind of, you know, later on you had it again. And then, you know, all of a sudden all these things that, you know, were, were kind of like once in a lifetime opportunities have kind of been rehashed and rehashed and redone and rehashed and, you know. So to to see something this new and something this, you know, special, you know, it, it resonated. It was it was something you know, and we didn't have you know, in our, in my day we didn't have this. No, we didn't we didn't have like, you know, po- you know, message boards or podcasts or anything like that back in, you know, the early nineties. It was you'd go to your oh, comic net. store. Batman right right like you'd go (laughs) you'd go to your comic store and you would argue with the people in your comic store you know face to face about how great this was or how great that was and um, information just traveled slower so it, it almost even became and that was the question I had for you guys too was you know it how was it reading this book and how epic was it for you reading this book because back in the back then When it first came out and and even like 10 years after the fact, like it's epic. It's just epic because there's nothing else out there like it. And, you know, there just wasn't as much content as there is now. So, I mean, how was it for you guys?
1: Well, I've got an answer for you, but I want to throw one at you real quick. Sure. So you started started really, really getting into comics in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Did you read Nightfall before you read Dark Knight Returns?
3: No, I read Dark Knight Returns before Nightfall.
1: Oh, thank God. Yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Nightfall is the story where Bane breaks Batman's spine. And he's replaced by Azrael, who's basically what happens if you put Batman and about 40 knives in a blender. he's an angel as well. Yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> rough and tumble. The, the, sto- <laughs> the story itself is not bad. It has Batman running through a gauntlet of a lot of his enemies before having a sort of drag-out fight with Bane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see how it could color somebody's opinion of this fight. But not as much as how my opinion was colored, because I read Hush before I read this.
3: Hush is cool, man. Hush is... A, I Hush, mean, is, I yeah. Hush is, is... Jim Lee's epic, man. He's just epic. He's, he's probably the best penciler of all time. I mean, I don't... I mean, I don't know. That's just my opinion, but yeah.
1: I, I like him a whole lot. I like him as much as the next guy. I mean... And I would say that even more than the '90s X-Men, if you had to pick a single work Jim Lee has done in his entire career and hold it up as the best, Oof. I would probably put this. Uh, I mean, Hush. Um, oh, we can Hush argue, is,
3: but we can argue about that one. But uh, we'll say, yeah, that for, we'll say. <laughs> well, as time. long as you
1: don't say Wildcats, I think we're probably on the same. No, page. no,
3: no. <laughs> it's it's. Um... Now we'll, we'll talk about that some other time. What. <laughs> opening up the
1: floodgates here, Jim Lee's never- No, I kind man. of want to hear that now. Let's, let's yeah. go. Let's, let's do it. Throw, let's all do right, it. Throw,
3: just throw it, throw it in the ring. Jim, like. Lee's hush, in. Jim Lee's hush is terrific. It's amazing. Fantastic. It is It is definitely, but it's not vintage Jim Lee. It's Jim Lee... Um, I, I will say this, though. It was Jim Lee getting back in the ring after kind of taking uh, a lot of time off, so he he definitely kind of stepped up his game, but there's just something about the you got to read Uncanny X-Men before X-Men number one came out. You read Uncanny X-Men, his run with Claremont. That to me is just definitive.
1: Like the 240s up to like 260. It was specifically
3: the 270s. you got to go from like uh, Extinction Agenda up through like the Star Jammers. Like that is just Hmm. vintage Jim Lee. He did X-Men 275. It's like a 48-page book, and he did it. And it looks amazing. And then he came right back and did X Men two seventy six and two seventy seven and two seventy eight. Like that guy was a machine back then. And I think there's just a certain, like to me, that's that's it. And then right leading right into X Men one through three. I think that was you know. And actually, you know what? Early Wildcats too. Early <laughs> Wildcats was was pretty damn good. Hush is, Hush is good. But I think at that point you you have Jim Lee, who's kind of already established. He's got his style down. It's there's not. I don't know. There was something about that early. Uh, you that feel like it's phoned in a little bit. Not phoned in, because he was really trying. He wanted to make. He wanted to prove a point. He definitely wanted to get back in it. But it's it's almost like the comeback album, from like yeah. a band. It's it's kind of like.
4: Don't call it a comeback. I don't know. Green Day's the right
3: is. the right analogy, but like you have you have like Dookie that came out for Green Day, and that's like the breakthrough album. But Kerplunk, right before it, is their best album. And then you have American Idiot, and you're like, "Holy shit, American Idiot! This is great!" But if you ask anybody who was around for that first, you know, that first like explosion onto the scene, it was just, you didn't hear anything like it, and Jim Lee, you just didn't see anything like it. So to me, there's that's the the argument for Jim Lee versus, uh, you know, Jim Lee Hush versus Jim Lee X Men. Jim Lee X Men is just groundbreaking. So Jim Lee Batman might actually, you're right, it actually, technically speaking, might be better artwork um but for I, me a
1: lot of that a lot of that to be fair i credit to scott williams on art and um uh who's his colorist uh oh it's
3: like tom what's his name i forget what you're, I, I know who you're talking about too and i'm like well, yeah. if only i had a computer in front of me i could find out exactly <laughs> <what> it <is. laughs> it just, it's very
1: it's very polished looking and and don't get me wrong i am never going to be a guy to knock claremont's classic x-men when you got guys like jim lee and mark silvestri alex sinclair by the way killing it yeah killing it every month um
3: but well played sir well played (laughs) now you know what it is again we're arguing like you know two amazing pieces so it's not like you know you're sitting there going like this is great and this is crap it's like this is great and this is greater and we just you know vice versa like which one is which one is greater um, you yeah. know, I I, I don't. I, there's no losers in that argument, you know.
1: <laughs> we all win by enjoying the great masterwork of Jim Lee. Exactly. But on Hush, which I will still stand by as my favorite of his, uh, Hush is a story where Batman is running up against the gauntlet of pretty much all of his famous enemies. It's it's what I consider to be the perfect entry level Batman story, because um, it's got pretty much everybody in his cast. It brings up major parts of his history. It leaves you with a mystery that was not intended to rhyme, but I'm sticking with it. Um, And it ends, or the major climax before you find out, I guess, who's really behind all of it and what have you, is Batman fighting a, a, a brainwashed Superman who's just gotten a kiss and maybe some snuggles from Poison Ivy with kryptonite lipstick. Jeez. Yeah, they mm. rumble in the sewers. I mean, and and Batman is not prepared for this fight in the sense that he is beyond carrying around a kryptonite ring in his belt. So he's got to think on his feet. He fights Superman on the fly. There's a great panel where as soon as they leave the sewer, Batman's standing on the ground and Superman's holding a car crumpled around one hand in silhouette. And it's, it's very striking in the same way that Superman's in silhouette floating into the street in Dark Knight Returns. Mm. Right above the streetlight. So it's very reminiscent of that. And I had read that before I read this. And and it, it feels good. But there, the thing about the Dark Knight Returns fight is that you feel there's real consequence here. In that you read Hush and everything feels very current with Batman. He's a younger guy. A couple issues ago he was just making out with Catwoman, Like, he, he punched out so many enemies already. He opens up the story fighting a whole bunch of thugs like no problem. At this point in the story when you're reading Dark Knight Returns, he's old. He knows he's on his last legs. He goes into this fight with a fair amount of confidence, but as the fight develops, you realize how outmatched he really is. Like, the Sonic gun, it's a great idea. The power going into the Batsuit, a great idea. But then you see Superman crush, crushes both of these things... With a single hand, in a single panel, you know it, the the sonic gun is out there for a panel. Superman breaks in his hand. Mm-hmm. You know the acid goes on for another panel. The the electricity in his hands, even his helmet comes off fast. Yeah. Um.
3: You know this fight, is also a general, fight that only so takes short. seven
1: seven pages. Yeah. Year. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 a lot more compressed than the fight that I read in Hush and. And it makes every hit count. There's nothing wasted in, in the way that Frank Miller presents this fistfight. You know, um, Scott McCloud goes on in things like Understanding Comics... ...and he talks about the importance of gutters. You know, the white space in between panels... ...where it's up to the reader to imagine what goes on between the scenes. And, you know, you place your own transitions in there and what have you. And here, the the time between every action is so small you don't really feel like you miss anything.
3: The layout's so. huge to this. It's huge. And it's also, again, you know, talking about groundbreaking and talking about things like comics didn't tell stories like this. Uh, and I don't mean like content-wise, I mean layout-wise. Like they, the story was not told, you know, through these successive panels. And that's kind of like what Amber had mentioned earlier, you know, like just the, the different TV screens and the different, you know, and it's it's a great point that you bring up, though. I mean, these panels, you don't, You don't miss anything because Frank Miller does not want you to miss anything. He wants to exactly, you know, take you along for this ride that Batman is going through. So it's great points. And and I, I think it's completely, completely appropriate.
0: Hmm. And speaking of completely appropriate, it's getting to be about that time, guys. We are actually just under an hour into the podcast. And this is the point where I ask everyone my secret question.
2: Secret question. question.
4: (laughs) 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 We're working on the theme song.
2: (laughs) Or we can do the one from Kill Bill.
1: (laughs) Yeah! There you go. Bringing it back. You whore. You dirty whore. Just for you, Dave.
0: (laughs) Um, Thank you, man <laughs> so now that we are two one actually an hour into the podcast um I want to talk to you guys kind of kind of about or ask you the question of the ultimate death match now we talked about the Dark Knight returns as a whole we we dived into how it got how it inspired all of these movies and comics and fights and like art styles and comics and everything all from this fantastic piece of work um what i'm asking you guys is the death match of i want you to take this is going to be a complicated one i haven't found a great way to word it i want you to take one of your favorite characters whether it be through comic books or age appropriate f- pieces of fiction looking at you for that <laughs> one dave um i can make it age appropriate i know you can oh god um, I want you to put them in an aged, grizzly, older self and have them fight someone else. Who are those two people? And as a special treat, I'm going to start with you, Mr. Dolce.
3: So I have to take two age-appropriate people, throw them into a death match. One, <laughs> yeah, see-
0: In a grizzled, older body, I guess, for one of them.
3: Well, I definitely... Spider-Man's my guy, so I got to take an older Spider-Man. Mm. And I want to see what would happen. I'm curious what would happen with him in general when he gets older, just just from yeah. the fact that his agility... Uh, I'm I'm in my 30s, dude, and it, it hurts. I can only <laughs> imagine. I can only imagine. Like, like, I hurt myself last year standing up. Like, I, I got up from my seat, and I, like, pulled a muscle, and I was out for, like, a week. Like, it's terrible. So I can only imagine, like... A fifty-year-old Spider-Man having to somehow have this like knockdown dragout, and then who would he fight? That's a good question. Well, wait,
1: wait, wait, Mike, did
3: you did you ever read Spider-Man Reign? I was
0: going to ask that.
3: Yeah, I did a long time ago. I don't remember too much of it though. That's how. That, that's it's, how. It's in, that's how in it was. In every way,
1: the Dark Knight Returns of Spider-Man. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it was what Carrie Andrews, right? Yeah, Carrie did? Andrews. I yeah, doing, yeah. It,
1: doing it solo, pretty much.
3: Yeah. I would say... Anyway. anyway, so having him bouncing around and seeing if he could do it still. Um, I don't know who he'd fight, though, to be honest with you. I think it would have to be... I mean, I was always, like I said, Batman was my guy in DC, and Spider-Man's my guy in Marvel, so we'll put the two of them together, an aging Bruce Wayne versus an aging... Actually, you know what? Let's do an aging Captain America versus an aging um, Spider-Man and see who comes ooh. out on top. Wow. Because Captain America is, is supposed to be... Captain America is supposed to be the guy that always gets it done, no matter what. Mm. So, actually, wait a minute. I'm going to stop completely. Whoa, hold the phone. Why don't we do an aging <laughs> Batman versus an aging Captain America? Because these are that's those are exactly who should fight, no matter what, because mm. Batman always wins, and Captain America always wins. So who would win between the two of them?
1: Oh, man. Mm. I think, I think an, an aging Captain America might still have an advantage. That guy is probably going to look... <laughs> like he's in his 30s when he's probably 60. No, but when oh, Cap- with
2: Captain a America, gray. Like, like, doesn't that whole thing, like, like degrade him?
1: Well, he's you know? old.
2: Yeah, he was
0: old, old. old for a period of time. I
2: don't Kinda know Kind of like the dark then. side.
5: Well, Except. he always, like, loses his, his super soldier formula and he gets it again. Kind of looks, you know, he's,
0: yeah. he's, yeah. all,
1: he's all He's
3: old <laughs> now. I mean, in, embrace,
0: the, in the, the comics, he got replaced with Falcon. Yeah, but he's but, getting uh, it. He's getting it back soon. I remember. He always
3: gets replaced, yeah. though. He always ends up getting replaced by somebody. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah no, but puke. let's let's do it. Let's do it like. Look, like, He goes classic. Your classic Steve. Let's say he goes like we'll do like the Angel and or the um, the uh, X Factor when Cable was born. Uh, he gets sent into the future somehow and comes back into the present. So now he's like old as shit, right? So now he's really <laughs> old and he's aging and. He comes back right when Bruce Wayne is, like, Dark Knight Returns' age. So now they are actually, they might not be the same age, but in relative body shape, they're exactly the same. Who comes I, out on top? Who comes I think, out on top?
5: I actually think Captain America in this one, because we see in The Dark Knight Returns that an aging Batman is pessimistic and doubts himself, whereas Captain America, no matter how bad he gets, no matter how dark of a place he puts himself in, he always has his ideals. And that's something that he's he's like never foregone, and that's something that Batman just doesn't have in The Dark Knight Returns. So he he has one has the passion, one is fighting against himself.
3: Yeah, so Batman. Batman can be broken. Yes.
0: Well, yeah, he he gets broken a lot. Yeah, he, he does. <laughs> he just pulls himself I himself together. I kinda,
3: kind of did that on purpose.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. I see. <laughs> ah, 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 this
3: guy. You see I ah, see right. you're did right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. so. could I
1: could I could see it now? You just have this great panel where Cap opens up with a classic shield throw and Batman catches it and it's just like a nice try.
3: <laughs> Damn. Do you have you guys ever read Infinity War and Infinity Gauntlet and all that?
0: I read I'm, Infinity I, War. Yeah. I've read oh yeah, Thanos it.
3: does it too. Okay, because so I mean, basically, <laughs> and this is not to spoil the Infinity War movies, but hopefully, it's exactly the same. But Captain America is the last hero left standing, and he mm. finds a way to defeat like a god. So I'm gonna give <laughs> I'm gonna give Captain America the nod over Batman, but I would say that Batman, if he has enough time to prepare, would make it as good a fight as his battle with Superman was.
0: And speaking of preparing ourselves, oh, my God. Dave. <laughs> oh, no.
1: You've <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the monster. Uh, yes.
4: no, uh, you know, the worst part is I don't even have a good answer either. So it's like, <laughs> you, you prepared for nothing. <laughs> nothing. Um, uh, It's a good day when that happens. <laughs> so I was thinking, I would love to see an old over-the-hill Conan. Ooh. You know, like... He survived every single encounter he's been He's an old man. Hasn't been in fight for years. Maybe he's retired. Maybe he's like in in a farm country. An old, grizzly Conan. So Arnold Schwarzenegger, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Fighting. I don't know. An old, you know, the horde that comes back pretty much. You know, I just thought of that. Just, you know, someone who really depends on their physical prowess and like how and how like capable they are. Which would be Conan, a barbarian, a man whose everything about him is physical. So take that away from him, take away that battle hardened man and just give him a body he can't function with anymore versus, you know, a new cult that shows up, or a new snake cult or a new like demon that shows up or whatever, just an older Conan. Um, the son of
1: Tothamon.
4: <laughs> but if I have to fit, if I have to go with my quota, um, Jay and over the hill, Jane Silent Bob still hanging out in front of like a grocery store, <laughs> versus an Quark's over three coming to theaters near you. Versus an over the hill like Bill and Ted. Oh, yeah! Uh, see, that's great. That's great. You know, because it's like they're they're both you know idiots in their own right. Jane Silent Bob will be just 75 years old, still chilling in front of a quick stop that probably doesn't exist anymore. So chances are, like Jay can't even. For, at this point silent Bob is both like deaf and blind and Jay has just gone, gone nuts with all the weed he smoked so as far as they're concerned like the wall they're chilling in front of which it could be a normal wall is the quick stop and like Bill and Ted show up because they you know, they can't operate like the um the time machine anymore they show up and it's like shit. and they just either battle it out or they just stare at each other for a moment and just die I would
0: love Wouldn't it to be like a post-apocalyptic kevin smith like universe where it's like dogma went horribly wrong and everything like just just hell on earth and everything's decimated and they're sitting there as the mutants from the dark knight returns with jay, jay and silent <laughs> bob and it says silent bob and jay on their t-shirts and bill and ted just wander into this
1: scenario another he- <laughs> dark future where we can blame ben affleck dude <laughs> i'm on board.
4: Da- dante dante can't retire so he's still fucking working Oh I'm not even God. supposed to be here today I was supposed it. to retire six years ago
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Randall's been arrested for like touching a kid inappropriately you know like
0: <laughs> no Randall would still like this is a world where video stores still exist <laughs> he still works,
2: at <laughs>
4: he still
0: works, works there no, no no
4: he still works at the video store but he just won't let go that no one watches videos anymore Everything's like streaming so he still oh, works there because that's all he's got <laughs>
2: Uh, Sergio, what about you? Oh man, it came to me already. No, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I I would like to do this. This might be very stupid, but um, I want to do an older version of the Ninja Turtles. So they still like pizza. They still say the word radical. Uh, <laughs> they're older. Uh, versus, um, I was trying to I was trying to think of like who who could be really cool and but like who who is very quippy and very. Uh, like a very annoying battle verbally. So I was thinking an older version of, of Spider-Man. So you have like these both sides that I think they're freaking hilarious. They're both like doing cruise back and forth. And you're sitting there with like their old lingo. So think, think about them just being really, really decrepit. And they're just like, all right, well, uh, let's let's do this for, for some odd reason. And they're trying to like make jokes. And everyone's just
4: like, come on, Grandpa, stop it. No <laughs> one thinks you're funny on both sides. I can see the Ninja Turtles, because they love pizza so much, being like heart- like morbidly obese, so, so like big, like old man bellies. Yeah, there. so no, not, not even worse. They're like two hundred pounds, like overweight, or like three hundred pounds of weight. So they're like five hundred pounders each, and like they just walk. They're in. only like four feet tall. You know, I can already see like Michelangelo, cow, cowabunga. <laughs> Oh my god. Raphael uh, has a heart Raphael has a heart attack every single time because he gets so angry and pissed off he just falls over. I'm gonna uh, oh my arm. Uh. No, he's, no. he
1: suffered a stroke before the events. Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 Michael Andrew can't even use his nun checks anymore. He's like me, me, whatever, just, me. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, Amber, what about
0: you?
5: Okay, here's the fight that no one will win. Godzilla versus Gamera. At the end, of, how do you age up how do you Godzilla? Age well, because of them. it happens in the movies. All right, <laughs> so Ugh. in Godzilla versus Destroyer, he is at what's the, what they call like meltdown phase. He his his heart is pretty much a nuclear reactor, and it's melting down. So at the end of Godzilla's life, he has this last burst of of energy before he goes goes nuclear and explodes. So he's he's basically Super Saiyan for for one movie. And then you have uh, Gamera, who usually is held back in battles because he's always so worried about humanity. He, and he's he, friend to children. And friend to children, yes. Although it becomes a little more ambiguous in the Millennium series. Or, um mm. Gamma Two Thousand and so on. Well, anyway. everybody knows that. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, so uh, when he, if, when he's older in uh, Gamma versus Iris, uh, Gamma Three, he is much less inclined to to hold back. So you're fighting someone who's who's dying and they're basically a dying star against a a flying turtle <laughs> with with nothing to lose. Who wins?
2: Nobody. Uh, I think I think we all lose. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I,
4: when you said like an old Godzilla, I can think of as like, he almost has like erectile dysfunction, but with like his fire breathing. So like, you know when he does like the big fire shot, he just comes out all limp and hits the ground. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say erectile
3: or erectile dysfunction? Oh,
4: oh.
2: Now we need a Dolce Eject button from... <laughs> 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 it wasn't me
4: this time.
1: <laughs> hey, <he's the> <laughs> Good thing this is a Batman-themed episode. We've come prepared. <laughs>
2: uh, well,
5: anyway, I think Godzilla wins because Godzilla always wins. Hmm.
1: Casey, did you That's go it yet? Went. I can't remember. I, did, I didn't. My, mine's a little more middle of the road. Okay. Um, Because it's something that I've always kind of wanted to read, and when I almost got it, I didn't quite get it. Daredevil versus Wilson Fisk hmm. there, no shaking your head on that one mm,
0: I mean let's hope for something a little more fantastical
1: I you know I probably could but I've read through reading Exiles and what if and, and, and just Marvel Comics 2 Marvel oh. Comics 2 yeah. I've seen all of my favorite heroes in old age at one point or another um, but I've know. never really seen an older Daredevil try and swing a comeback. I've seen a younger Daredevil, homeless, broken, completely demoralized, make a comeback in Born Again, which is what you would say is Frank Miller's quintessential Marvel Comics story. Absolutely. For sure. And honestly, it's the story that makes me think he was only writing such great Daredevil comics to write such great Batman comics.
0: (laughs) I think that's pretty much widely accepted. (laughs) Yeah. At least everyone I talk to about it.
4: Can you imagine like an old Daredevil? Like he's just completely deaf, so. Most of his, like, he really is just gone. And, like, Wilson, yeah, like Wilson you, Fisk you, is about to fight him. I'm going to get you, Daredevil. Huh? I'm over here. What? Huh? What?
0: what? They want you to take the rolls.
4: Look, he's already... All he needs to do is add, like, a
1: like a hook at the end of his, his his cane. He's got the old man cane ready to go halfway to a billy club. But it's, uh... No, I would love to see a, a comeback story where Daredevil comes out of old retirement because Fisk has also come out of old retirement. Wilson Fisk I mean, is Fisk is a le- just an
4: Wilson Fisk is like missing a leg because of diabetes. <laughs> oh, my God. I can do this all night. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> I mean, Fisk is just a big guy. Like, even though he's he's like he's he's he looks like a fat man. Every comic you read with him in it, you'll see like Spider-Man punch him. And he'll be like, there's no fat on this guy. Hey,
4: man, come it's like be, punching a
1: brick wall.
4: Being a big guy myself, man, your joints hurt no matter what. So it's like yeah. at that age, he probably doesn't. He's probably just want to sit in a chair and be like, all right, Daredevil. Hit me all you want. Fuck you. You can't hear me anyway.
2: <laughs> Speaking of guys in red to interject, uh, we also have a suggestion. Uh, Old Man Logan versus Old Man Deadpool. Ooh. Ooh. That's like a great one, actually. De- yeah. I think like Old Man Deadpool would be, like, too
0: crazy to make sense, though. Like That would be an awesome fight, but I feel like he would, like, somehow find a fifth wall to break at that point. <laughs> what do you think, He's Mike? He's been
3: searching for that wall his whole life. <laughs> I-, I think that's a great... Because they both have healing factors too, so at some point they wouldn't—you know—they would be healing a lot slower, obviously. So it would be one of those just like prolonged old man fights that happen in like <laughs> retirement homes, and it would just continue, <laughs> like it would for like Deadpool's days. Pretty
5: ridiculous. Though Deadpool survived a lot worse than Wolverine has.
3: There i have never seen Deadpool
1: atomized in grow back. I was going to say I there's mean, well, there's
3: an issue of Punisher I think it was where Punisher like this like the Garth Ennis Punisher where he like uses like a steamroller and stomps Wolverine completely and eventually grows back. I mean it, don't get me wrong it was ridiculous I've, at some I've point. See, Not like only
1: does a, he do that but that's after he shoots his face off and shoots his nuts off. Right.
3: Right. Well,
5: <laughs> in Rick Remender's run of Uncanny X-Force volume 1, Deadpool has his head severed for issues and what's the word impaled on a pike (laughs) until he and he's able to eventually get back to his body and survive just saying
4: but wasn't there like a comic where like wolverine got torn in half by like the hulk and like his legs got thrown like up a mountain and wolverine had to climb up the mountain to like get there, his legs there, like that. that there's
1: that but but what i'm thinking is the issue of in civil war when nitro blows up right next to him and all he is is a gleaming shiny skeleton <laughs> and yeah. somehow he manages to grow back
3: yeah no they, they've really taken that that healing factor thing to a, an, an impossible level no i so, really just i literally picture old man deadpool and old man wolverine in like a rocking chair on a retirement home, and their battle is just it's just Deadpool shouting at him the entire time, dissing <laughs> <Just laughs> each other that one after and that's the it. Other. And just and it's just Wolverine just being like, "Oh damn it!" It's <laughs> like basically the, the premise time. of Grumpy Old Man. Exactly. The healing
4: factor that saved you—it's <laughs> your popularity. How many pages
1: can we go through before Wolverine puts a claw into his own brain? <laughs>
4: exactly. Exactly. Kind of makes you wonder what would like an over the hill Incredible Hulk look like. Oh,
1: that's the best Hulk story I've ever read. Wait, that, that
4: exists? That's a thing?
1: Yes. No shit. Mike, have you read it? Hulk the End? No of it. Didn't read it. Oh, man. Peter Peter David no just way. like in a in a, a what ifs kind of a finest. Yeah. Hulk, Hulk is the last living human being on Earth. And he basically has to live the story of Prometheus every day. Okay. With giant radioactive cockroaches that tear out his guts. It's just, it's just, it's like a survivor story. He's just the last human being. Bruce Banner wants to let go, but Hulk, Hulk isn't going to let it happen.
3: Peter David's awesome. awesome. Yeah, Peter David's. He's
5: awesome. He's an amazing writer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, For me,
0: I have no idea because I usually use my backups, which is usually Booster Gold. But I feel like I've seen him old, and I've definitely (laughs) seen Superman old, and I've like every single character I can think of, I've seen old, regardless. Same boat man. I know. It's so fucking crazy. Um I don't, I don't even I don't even I'm
5: losing it. I don't even know.
0: I'm I've stumped myself.
5: You're so, you're so old. I'm
0: so You've old. been beaten by your own
1: secret question. Greg versus by Mike. Own... It's a BCF yeah, yeah. first.
0: Actually, no. you know what? No, what I'd like to see I'd like to see um Catman old and like you know like Villains United Catman
1: from Secret 6? From
0: Secret 6. I'd love yeah. to see like him and Deadshot like old and like Trying to survive in like I don't know, like maybe a post-apocalyptic wasteland or a dark future of some kind where um, there's only heroes around. So kind of like reverse Wanted. If you guys have read Wanted okay. oh. comic, mm-hmm. it's like the bad guys won, so everything's dark and gritty, which is pretty much the world we live in now. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see them trying to like survive w- with like versus Adam West Batman and <laughs> uh, like the old school uh the Superman cartoon
1: Max Fleischer yeah. the rotoscoped one Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'd love to
0: see that fu- that like team Faster
1: up. than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. <laughs>
0: or maybe <laughs> even like a seen. super like not super like like a 55 60 year old Ted Cord. Like a what if story on that or an World story where he's actually alive and you know still doing his blue beetle thing but he's just older. So I love me some Ted Cord. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone would win though. I don't know who would win. I I think uh, the Adam West and Superman would win in my scenario because there's
3: gotta there's be two like two another others. like old man
4: slap up though. Like there's gotta be. I mean, we're not trying old hard man, enough. To how, end. how
3: about old man Adam West versus old man Burt Ward? Oh, Burt, Ward is a, <laughs> Burt Ward is a surly mother. I'm telling you right now, and he charges, It's, 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 and it's, it's he, mermaid man <laughs> and Barnacle Boy. He oh charges God. more for his photos than Adam West. At conventions. I am not even joking. He charges, like, way more. Adam West <laughs> does not charge much. And Burt Ward's like, I gotta eat. So, how, you know. How old is, like, Wait, Adam I West? One, I gotta guys.
5: eat. I have one, guys. Old Man Superboy versus Old Man Robin.
3: So, Batman oh. versus Superman.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what it is.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they like, can have Dick Grayson. I don't know. That be, well, which, which Robin is really what it comes down to. I
0: Superboy's mean, they've all been Batman at one point. Have they all been Ex- Batman? Except Tim.
5: in? Damien, right?
0: No, Damien has in uh, Alternate Future.
5: Oh. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I think I think Tim. No, no, Tim has too in Titans Tim's Tomorrow. Been a,
1: Tim's been a Batman Beyond and I believe a mislabeled panel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got that going for him. No, I mean, Dick Grayson took over uh,
0: after Nightfall for a bit. And then he took over, obviously, with Damien as his Robin. Tim Drake became Batman in Titans Tomorrow where he uses the gun that killed the Waynes. To kill. Oh, Joe, the,
1: Joe Chill's gun? Yep,
0: yeah, to uh, kill Maybe. bad guys. Uh, Jason Todd donned the mask for a little bit during the Battle of the Cowl. And.
5: I mean, they are still their own unique interpretations sure. of Batman. Yeah.
1: You know, it's funny because in, uh, in Dark Knight Returns 3, which is currently in comic book stores now, um, Harry <laughs> Kelly dresses up as Batman. At oh really?
0: I, I was yeah. just gonna say like the only the the female robins are the only ones that I can't think of. But nope. There you go. Nope.
1: She she gets in there too.
0: Yeah, but Stephanie Brown, I don't think does. I don't think she does. No. Well,
1: How she, many female she
0: robins,
5: robins
0: have costumes. there been? Briefly. Oh, did she? Oh, she's a Batgirl, girl. Briefly. Um. But yeah, that's it. Yeah.
2: yeah. What about uh one more one one more thing? What about um old man Thanos versus old man Darkseid?
5: Thanos, wait, 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 wait With the Infinity Gauntlet, does, does the imitator
1: beat the original?
5: Wait, so here, here's the real question: Do does Thanos have the Infinity Gauntlet? No, he other, does not. Other, okay, then Dark Side probably.
3: It probably has to be no matter what. Yeah, because I, I think that I mean Thanos. whole thing is that is is the glove that he wears for, for yeah. the most part. I'm not going to overlook that Thanos is basically Space
1: Batman. I've seen that guy outplan and scheme Galactus at least once.
0: Space Batman, I love that. He is—he's like cosmic level Space Batman. I, I love that in Guardians of the Galaxy where he just sits on his throne and like it zooms out and he does—he pretty much does the Megatron. Yes. And he just turns back around. It's so, okay. He's such a bad guy.
1: Listen, if you don't believe me that Thanos is Space Batman, read how he gets the gauntlet. The Thanos quest, yeah, two issues. All right, Jim Starlin.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Right, it's coming together a little bit. Come on, anybody who beats the Grandmaster, you got to be pretty smart.
0: What about um, old man Lex Luthor versus old man Doctor Doom?
2: Ooh, Ooh. I still want to say Doom. Yeah,
5: Doom. Doom beat the Beyonders, who who killed every single cosmic (laughs) (laughs) entity in the Marvel universe. Right, Galactus.
0: If if we use um. Bruce Timm's Justice League Unlimited version of Lex Luthor, he knows the anti-life equation.
1: Does Doctor Doom break a hip doing a foot dive? (laughs) (laughs) Foot dive? Foot dive!
2: (laughs) Nah, I think think it would still be immaculate and broken.
5: (laughs) So can can the anti-life equation function outside of its universe of origin? Because the Infinity Gauntlet cannot. So if we're we're comparing those two things, then Darkseid might have it on Thanos.
3: Hmm. Wouldn't like be, but, old man Lex Luthor da- no, no, I was gonna say, wouldn't old man Lex Luther be better against like old man Kingpin or something? Because then like they're both just old bald men fighting each other <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the matchup we want to see you know? it's a money fight it's a money fight <laughs> we want like we want like david letterman right now did you guys see david letterman have you seen oh, him now Yeah, with
4: that, that epic yeah. gray beard he's got oh. going on yeah 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 he got fat
3: and old really fast Paul. i look like you now he's like i do have to be on tv anymore all right let it all go <sighs> All right,
2: oh, sir, Spe- speaking on. of letting everything go that's all the time we have for today's podcast thank you everybody for tuning in and uh, especially for uh, the secrets of the sire uh ready personality Michael Dolce thanks for being on the podcast with us today Mike and where can everybody find you online
3: uh, you can find me on twitter at Michael underscore Dolce D-O-L-C-E um, you can also go to uh, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire and you can also go to secrets of the sire <laughs> And uh, your podcast as well. When is that? It's Friday at 11 a.m. Friday 11 a.m. TalkingAlternative.com, where I'm going to be welcoming you and Casey on the show tomorrow. We're going to talk about Superman versus Batman, but we're going to be talking about the movie trailers gone amok and how they're giving away pretty much the entire movie uh, before you even see it. So we're going to dissect that, and we're also going to dissect the March Madness um, brackets I've got going on, which you guys helped, uh, helped craft originally a few weeks ago.
2: That's awesome. All right. Well, we're looking forward to that. And uh, for the Back of the Funky podcast, everyone, make sure to check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, dot backofunky.com for everything you actually care about without the saturated fluff of garbage news. And um, make sure to tune in with us live. Thursdays at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash and weeknights as we play games at 8pm Eastern. Uh, currently we're playing The Division, so if you have a PlayStation 4, you can join us uh, on that as well. Until next time, everyone,
4: this has been uh, Dave the Beard of Menace. If you wake up tomorrow with burning sensation, Mike, I'm sorry. <laughs> Adam Bomb Amber. Boom.
2: TV's Casey. Hey. Brewster Greg what up and I'm Sergio thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you later or we'll see you another time or we'll see you never